This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. I love Thursday nights on this show. We've got Know Your Opponents, we've got Going Around the NFL, and we got some baseball news as well. And we get to talk to you at 1-800-919-3776. Also, via X, formerly Twitter, at Gordon Damer, at Hardest to ESPN, at ESPN NY, 98 underscore 7 FM, along with Harvey and Joe, we ride until midnight on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Gordon Damer. Larry Hardesty, how we feeling, my friend? Oh, great. Absolutely great. Beautiful day, 80 degrees today. Yeah, feels like summer's hasn't oh. left us. This is great. Uh, the weekend's going to be apparently a disaster, but I enjoy know, it while we got it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Pro- the, the absolutely. weekend's not promised to anybody. It is not. It is not. And I know this is going to hurt you, Gordon, because you've been getting together with nature, and now mm-hmm. nature's going to have a little rain this weekend. Yeah. I got together with nature today, not in the way that I intended. Oh? I went into the backyard, and we, the flowers are still blooming. And uh, uh-huh. I don't know how, but recently we've had a hummingbird. Oh. In the backyard. And it it flies up super close to you. Like, it's not afraid really? of you. Yeah. And it's really kind of fat. I don't know if you've ever seen a hummingbird up close to wings, Larry. They're going a mile Huge. a minute. Yeah. Like the, the, like the hammers of hell. They're just going to town. <laughs> uh-huh. So I was out tonight. I decided to take a little walk after dinner, right? Help mm-hmm. the digestion. Nice. And I noticed there was something flying around. And I said, was oh, it? maybe it's the hummingbird's bag. It was not. It was a bat. A bat. A bat. In time what for the Halloween. heck is going on? We got bats in the neighborhood now? Yeah, I think you should move. I, I, I did move right back <laughs> into the house. So, oh, that's, that's over. I'm not doing this. No, not that kind of bat. It wasn't like up in the sky. It was It was up in the sky, but it wasn't like the bat signal. Holy no. ricochet. So, you, so you it, watch it. I was watching it fly. I'm like, wow, what kind of bird is that? That's a weird kind of bird. And then you found out it wasn't a bird. Well, it was not a bird. So let me get this straight, and I don't want to cause any trouble for you. Uh huh. But just just a little observation. Yeah. Since the since your new neighbors have come in. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Bees, yeah, maybe hummingbirds and a bat. Yep. I, I'm a little concerned. Though. You need to see what's going on in that house. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, the bat, the creepy looking things too. Ugh. It's not. Yeah. Good. Not good. Not good. Not so good. I I'm not going out after after dark clearly anymore. That's that's done. <laughs> at least until Halloween. Yeah, do bats migrate? Do they like? Do they fly south for the winter too, or do they just hang out where they are? I think they just hang out where it's dark. I don't like this, Larry. I know this is. I have to put the for sale sign up. I'm moving, <laughs> getting out of here. And it's weird. Like I don't think I live in like the country, right? But between the bees in the summertime, the bugs mm-hmm. all year round. Uh huh. I mean, that's the nice thing about the fall is the bugs finally go back to whatever cave they crawled out of. Yes, yes. And now the bats. Got yeah. bats going around the house. That's any not... bears in the neighborhood? You see any bears? There was a bear in the neighborhood <laughs> like last week. <laughs> there was a bear. It was a black bear uh-huh. that was just traipsing through the streets. Hmm. Uh, do you live near a zoo? Uh, we do live near a zoo. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think it was a. I don't think they have black bears at the zoo. Now, if it's sure? a grizzly bear, then we know we have problems. Okay. I'm. Uh, but I feel like I'm like Daniel Boone out here in the, in the in the country all of a sudden. Wow. And 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 the bear that was uh, walking. Around, luckily, it was not as ferocious as the bears who were playing uh, the Commanders tonight. Because the bears on the really? TV, boy, they've been a whole lot. Uh, 
They've been on their game. All of a sudden, you're watching the Bears for the first time, like, exclusively. This team is not so bad. How are these guys 0-4? How, how have they lost 14 in a row? I'm not sure. I mean, you look at this game tonight, and I'll tell you something. You know, Harvey and I were talking about this before the game. Michael K. not going to be happy with Peter Rosenberg if this continues because Rosenberg kind of lured him into taking – the commanders, yeah, I that love was my commies. I, I didn't like. The only thing I'm on tonight is the over, so I'm actually looking good. You're looking right great. Now. Yeah, you're looking great. Oh, and don't course, worry, it can still go south, Larry. No, nah, it won't. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. It'll be, uh, for you, I think it'll be okay, Michael. Eh, not so good. Not so good. Is it how how many point play is it for him? Two. Ooh, not a one point. Two. Well, see, look. It, it, here's the thing with the commanders, right? Like they've gotten off to a halfway decent start. You can convince yourself, hey, in the NFC this year, maybe they could be one of the teams that surprises, right? They've certainly mm-hmm. been better than the Giants. We've been all been trying to convince ourselves of the Giants. But if you're the commanders, you got to be able to go out at home and beat the Bears. Yes, you, you, you can't, do. You can't lose to the Bills? Okay, fine. Lose yes. to the Eagles? Absolutely. Understandable. Lose to the Bears? That's, that's completely unacceptable. And, and Good, right now. on a okay. lake. I don't care. And as of right now, they've played the Eagles better than they've played the Bears. Yes, they have. Yes, they have. Now, there's a long way to go. Yes, Hopefully, there's going to be lots of scoring tonight. We'll run up the scoreboard, Larry. I know. I know. FanDuel, promo code Gordon. Yeah. But, promo uh, code Gordon. I mean, the, the, the commanders have spent the first quarter and a half not covering anybody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, based true. on this game, Justin Fields, you'd think he's going to get a new contract. I yeah. Mean, all the talk that's been surrounding him, how bad he's been, how bad the offense has been, how robotic he has looked. Yeah. Uh, maybe he's having hey. a, a Zach Wilson kind of night. Could be. Could be. Might be good news for Jet fans on Sunday. We'll see. Maybe, 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 maybe this is the weeks that the kids from three years ago get it rolling. Maybe. Maybe. We can only hope if you're a Jet fan. All right, Gordon. Let's talk about some of the things we'll be chatting about on this edition of ESPN New York Tonight. I'm sorry, I have to laugh. Obviously, our top story locally is the situation with the Mets. Going, Billy Epler resigned Thursday (laughs) as Mets GM. Now you're laughing. I laughed earlier, now you're laughing. Now, here's the interesting thing. Now, here's the interesting thing. According to the New York Post, sources tell them that there's a probe involved with the Mets as an ongoing Major League Baseball investigation. Now, it seems as though that they've been fooling around with the injured list. So the sources told the Post that probe, the probe involves alleged improper use of the injured list. Epler told the Mets, did not want to be a distraction to step down. He's not yet spoken to MLB and is cooperating with the league. As you know, he said just three days ago, Gordon, I'm looking forward to working with, with uh, David Stearns. David Stearns says, I'm looking forward to working with Epler. And then today, Epler said, I wanted David to have a clean slate. That meant me stepping down. I hope for nothing but the best for the entire Met organization. No comment from Daniel Vogelback. Now, I have to plead ignorance on this one. An investigation does not sound good. An MLB investigation doesn't sound good. But then when you no. find out that it possibly is improper use of the injured list, yes, is that enough to get a GM to step down? No, it was other. I I would think it was. You mean I'm not going to have any rights, <laughs> any say in what you do in this in in this organization? 
other than make make phone calls that's it i'm like nothing like like nothing at all i think he found out that uh his services were you know not going to be what he thought they were going to be well, look, the offseason has just begun, and, and the real story of the offseason is yet to be written. It'll be based on how the Mets do this offseason in terms of filling holes. But at least so far, the David Stearns era, they've kind of stepped in it here a couple of different ways. Mm-hmm. From the firing of Buck, the way they kind of did that, oh, I'm, I wasn't on the job yet, so I couldn't talk to that whole thing. And now this thing with Epler saying, one day, really looking forward to working with you. Next day, I, I got to go. I got to leave. I got to get out of here. Uh, and it's how not exactly Epp- been the smoothest of starts. And how does Epler feel being made the, the fall guy for firing Showalter, and now he resigns? Oh, oh you, you, you fired Buck? Okay, good. You're also done. <laughs> we, we don't need. Now that you've done that, I'm really looking forward to working with you, and the work is you fire Buck, and then we get rid of you. Yeah, we're good. We're good. By the way, you know, Showalter's interested in a managerial opening in uh, L.A. with the Angels. Well, I would assume he's, he's kind of interested in any uh, opening right now, yes. right? Yeah, and for think. the Angels, who can't seem to get out of their own way, at least hiring somebody with a, a bit of a resume who's actually done the job at a high level, you would think that that would line up, be a good fit. But you would think the Angels never know. generally don't get things right anyway. You never know. Now, Gordon, I'm, I'm kind of torn about this. Uh, I'm not really sure how to figure this out yet. You know, Peter Alonso has hired the Boris Corp agency mm-hmm. to represent him now going into free agency. Now, you know, you know what they say about Boris. It, it, it could be a difficult negotiation, right? But not so much with the Mets. I mean, you know, three-year, $130 million for Scherzer, eight-year, $162 Nimmo. And remember, the one that got canceled, the big 12-year, $315 million deal for Carlos Correa. So it seems like, you know, Cohen and, and uh, Boris are – Bulls and buddies when it comes to cash. So I guess that means that whatever Alonzo wants, Alonzo will get. No? I would think that this is good news. If you're a Met fan who wants Pete Alonzo to sign a long-term contract, I would think that this is good news because who can outbid the Mets? Who would outbid the Mets? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't think anybody. Right. So that's the good news. The bad news is it was never going to be a bargain, but now it's definitely not going to be a bargain. Like yes. the idea that you were ever going to get a five-year contract was already probably a pipe dream. Now it's <laughs> a pipe dream just left town. <laughs> this is going to be eight, nine, ten years. Yeah, easily. 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 Let's talk a little football there, Gordon. All right. Now, you heard what Don LaGreca had to say about Evan Neal yesterday. I, I've heard it, yep, a couple of times now, yep. You heard what Dave Rothenberg said, reaction to Evan Neal this morning. Mm-hmm. Evan Neal... Apologize for those comments today, Gordon. Here's what he said to the media at Met, at MetLife Stadium today. I'm remorseful, and um, I definitely could have used a better choice of words. Uh, you know, coming from humble beginnings myself, I never want to belittle anyone, uh, regardless of their financial status or their occupation. So I really just wanted to apologize for what I said. There you go, Gordon. Apology. Oh, well, I'm sure that'll fix everything, Larry. Well, all right. Well, maybe if people understand a little background about Evan Neal, maybe that will solve something. So Evan Neal talks about his humble beginnings. I want the fans to know that um, I'm a human like everyone else. If you ask anyone that's ever been around me, they always speak highly of me. Um, Nobody's perfect, uh, including myself. Um, And I just want to apologize again um, for the things that I said yesterday because um, 
you know it's unacceptable. I know. I just couldn't use a better choice of words. We all make mistakes, Gordon. We do. And it's a terrible sign for our society that anytime anybody apologizes for anything, we never accept it, right? It's always there's always uh, qualifications on. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, he apologized, but 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 but. I just don't know. He, he had to apologize. I'm he sure did. his the team forced him to apologize. So it's never going to come across as sincere. But right. unfortunately for Evan Neal, he stepped in it. <laughs> he he, he stepped directly in it and has now made himself enemy number one of giant fans he better play he needs to start playing better that's the only way people will start to i don't know if they'll ever forget but maybe forgive yeah look look if he starts playing at a at a at a decent pro or easy 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 all pro easy well i'm saying if he starts playing really well yes people will kind of catch give him more you're never going to win everybody over but if he starts playing really well People are quick to forget. Fans are, are quick to forget. No matter what they say, they're quick to forget. I just and don't have, given what we've had, the body of work so far, I'm not really confident that that's no, going to all of a sudden. They won't be quick to forget. To and place. now, and what makes it worse, Gordon, every mistake is going to be magnified. Oh, absolutely. Every mistake. Every mistake he makes. By the well, way. Really, and, and every mistake on the offensive line. He is going yeah. to be the poster child for that. No question. No question about it. Uh, you know what's interesting? Brian Dabo said we've spoken about it. He's remorseful, and we move on, and they have to move on because <laughs> they need to win in Miami this Sunday, Gordon, Saquon Barkley. Can you guys overcome a 1-3 and three start? It's the NFL. You never expect it to go this way. Obviously, last year it didn't go this way. We, we, we had a hot start, um, but we start the first quarter of the season, 1-3, and three, not where we want to be. Uh, but you got to weather the storm, and that's, that's the reality of it. Of the NFL, it's going to happen to every team at some point. Um, you're going to have adversity, and I think we have a team that's built for adversity. Um, I think we have the players and the leaders in this locker room uh, to get us out this funk, and that's the only thing that's going to solve it is by going out there and win games. And um, the reason why I think we are going to be able to do that is because of the, the system we have in place, the coaches that we have here, and the players that we have in this locker room. And I feel like I'm continuing to trust in that and continue to lead on each other, and that's going to be the way we get out of this. Well, we'll find out. It's not going to be easy, I'll tell you that. Not going to be easy against a very angry Miami team who felt they got embarrassed against Buffalo last week. They absolutely did, right? A big measuring stick game for them, and and they got the measuring stick beaten over their head. (laughs) So uh, you would have to think, and and for a Dolphin defense, which has really struggled under uh, new defensive coordinator Vic Fangio, watching what Seattle was able to do in terms of the sacks, You'd have to kind of be licking your chops thinking, all right, we got them next. Fantastic. So we'll see what they can do. Absolutely. Finally, the Jets are preparing to visit the Mile High City, also needing a win in the Hackett Bowl. Uh, Rob Sala, Sean Payton both discussed the game, and we'll talk about that a little bit more with Rich Samini at the bottom of the hour. But Zach Wilson, you ready to set the standard for the offense like he did last week? Yeah, I would say what I was feeling out there was similar to what I feel like I've been feeling since OTAs. So I think it felt good to be able to finally bring something from practice and the rhythm, the momentum, getting first downs. And this isn't just me, this is the whole offense. You know, together, being able to move the ball that way, I think felt awesome. You know, and that's something that needs to be the standard to do every week. Well, we'll see. I mean, uh, he has set the bar that, listen, it doesn't have to be just him. 
But, Gordon, it really has to be a situation where he at least is making the plays that he made last week, that you see some decisiveness. I think they'll be able to run the ball a little bit more than they did previously during the season, and that's going to make his job even easier. You would think, right? And, mm-hmm. and the, the news this week that the limitations, whichever limitations there were on Brees Hall, are now removed. He's not going to be on any kind of pitch count anymore and how explosive he's looked so far this year and how good the Jets' offense has looked when he has been healthy. That has to be a big thing. So this is – if you don't win this game, much like we were talking about the Giants on Monday night, if you can't win this game, well, what game are you going to win? The season's kind of over. That's this kind of game for the Jets. They have to go out to Denver and beat the Broncos. No question about it. Those are some of the stories we'll be chatting about tonight on ESPN New York tonight. We'll come back. Get you ready for Rich Samini at the bottom of the hour on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. I said it before, in football terms, that was 15 years ago. So it's probably it's more like 25 now. It's been a couple of days. So it's but it, it's 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 long gone. It's we're a different football team than we were in training camp. So the, so were they, and we're just going out to play a football game. And, and the reality is, is coaches aren't the ones who play. It's the players, and uh, we it's our job to put them in the best position possible to uh, be successful. They've obviously gone through an injury at quarterback. They're playing outstanding in the kicking game and on defense. Offensively, you saw a much better team in a big moment, and they had some brutally tough calls down the stretch. So. This is a good football team, and you can see it on tape. You can see it when you watch them play, and that's where our focus will be this week. If I'm a Jet fan, Gordon, don't brutally, brutally, brutally call. Don't, don't even, don't even try to side. Don't even try to get. Don't butter us up now. now. Don't. We know how you feel. We know how you really feel. Stop it. Stop yourself. Some brutal calls. We don't need you to tell us how bad the calls were. If I'm a Jet fan, that's what I'm saying. Artistine and Damon here on 98.7 ESPN. Gordon, let's face it. um, You mentioned it before the break. This is a very winnable game for the Jets. Now, the question is several, several questions. And we'll hit some of, we'll hit Samini with some of these. And I'm, we've talked so much about Zach Wilson. And I'm not talking offense now, Gordon. I'm talking defense. And I, this is a game where the defense really needs to get off the field very quietly. Russell Wilson's not playing as bad as he did last year. He's not playing as good as he did in Seattle, mm-hmm. Gordon, but he's not abysmal like he was last season. So the Jets really have to make sure they do a better job of getting off the field on third down and making it a little easier on their offense. You know, they've been a bend but don't break defense so far this season, and they're supposed to be better than that. Yes, absolutely. They're supposed to be the the first pillar of the team, right? They're supposed to go as the defense goes. And the defense, they've had some some tough matchups and and some things have gone sideways with the quarterback and everything else. But, no, they have not been the dominating. uh, After that Monday night game against the Bills, you're thinking to yourself, wow, the Jet defense looks elite. Uh, Four turnovers, three interceptions. They're able to do that to to Josh Allen and everything else. Uh, It really hasn't. Matched up that now they had a nice performance against Mahomes. Absolutely. Um, so that's that's something. To, but it's not really been. It's not been. Defense is supposed to travel. You're, that's mm-hmm. supposed to be a consistent thing week in and week out. And the Jets are not at a point with Zach Wilson or really, I think even with Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback, that they can have the the defense be up and down week to week and still win games. So yeah. and, and certainly not with Zach Wilson 
as the quarterback. So, um, there again, no reason why they are not able to go out and win this game. No reason why they their defense is not able to take charge of this game. Yeah, I, I, I mean, and especially when you played the way you did against Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, Gordon, you know, but on the other side of it. You know, the downsides, and, and listen, uh, Quentin Williams said it this week when he spoke to the media. These, these you know, miscommunication things are things that, you know, because of the thin line wiggle room that you have to win, you know, everybody makes mistakes, but you have to minimize those. And a lot of these seem to be situations on third down. That's really been the thing. The defense has not been bad. But once again, it's just that, you know, that's the identity of this team. And they can't continue to give up huge chunks of yardage on third down. And, Gordon, they got to do a little better in defending the run because then you can do some things with the pass. Then you dictate what happens on second and third down a little bit better. Yeah, and look, uh, I I do think that uh, clearly Russell Wilson's playing better this year than last year, but uh, it's almost like if you can't beat the Broncos, who are you going to beat? If this defense can't shut down Russell Wilson, like who are you going to beat? You, yeah. you play the Eagles after that, a couple of games after that, you get Justin Herbert. Uh, you still play the Bills again. You still play the Dolphins a couple of times. I mean, these are the, this is the kind of game that you have to win. This is the kind of game that the defense should be able to dominate. One movie turn. Ritzamini will join us. We'll see what the players have been talking about to get his thoughts as they head west to Denver. That's next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Time now to bring in our Jets reporter. Does a tremendous job on ESPN.com. Also, remember, check out the flight deck ESPN on the ESPN New York app. He is Rich Samini. Rich, Larry, and Gordon, how are you? Gentlemen, how are you guys doing this evening? Good to be with you, as always. Great. We're doing great, my friend. Thank you for a couple of minutes. All right, Rich, give me your sense of... How this how this team has, even though they lost against Kansas City, it's almost like they won. <laughs> Give me a sense of what this locker room has been like over the past couple of days this week. Yeah, definitely. On my podcast, I called it a positive negative uh, because, I mean, we know there's no moral victories in the NFL. We've heard that a thousand times. But uh, when your quarterback plays as well as Zach Wilson did – given his recent track record over the last couple of years to see that kind of improvement. I think it, it definitely raised the spirits of everyone around the locker room. It provided a little jolt of much needed energy. And cause let's face it. I mean, the couple of games before that, there was just nothing there out of the quarterback position. So they saw him play really well in some tough circumstances, 17, nothing deficit tough for a quarterback, but he comes in against the Super Bowl champs and plays, in my opinion, I think statistically the best game of his career. So, yeah, absolutely. It was a loss for sure, and they're 1-3, and three, and they got a three-game losing streak. But I think that confidence of the team is, is up right now. Rich, it seemed like a, a different Zach Wilson, a new Zach Wilson. Are you a believer in the new Zach Wilson? Uh, no, not yet. I mean, it, and you're right, it, it, it looked like a completely different quarterback. It's like who kidnapped Zach Wilson and replaced him with Patrick Mahomes, you know? So it was, it, he played really well. And, but you know, it's, it's a week to week league. It's a long season and you want to see the consistency on a week to week basis. But I, I could just feel just being around him in the locker room today. He was talking to the media. He, he just seemed 
so much more at ease. Uh, I mean, that was a tough couple of weeks. I mean, you guys know. I mean, everyone was hammering him. I mean, and he deserved it. He didn't play well. He was getting hammered from all different directions. I mean, even Joe Namath hammered him. When Joe hammers your gets after you, you know it's not going well. And But I just sensed a, a calm about him today in the locker room. Uh, he just seemed a little looser, a little more confident. And uh, but you got to see it on a week to week basis. You, you know, you want to see him grow from the performance. All right, Rich, was it more of his improvement and not holding on to the football or did the offensive line play better or was it a little combination of both? Well, it's always a combination. Right? I mean, he did get rid of the ball quicker. You know, he had one of the slower releases in the league through the first three games. But last week he was getting rid of it faster um, he was more decisive in his reads. He saw the field really well. I mean, he had 10 different receivers, you know, 10 different guys caught a pass. I mean, there have been games in Zach's career where he couldn't even complete 10 passes, period. You know, so he was spreading it around. I think he was emboldened by a, <clears throat> a much more aggressive game plan from Nathaniel Hackett. Um, you know, it just seemed like they were came into this game where it was like, screw it, we're just going to throw the ball. Whereas in the previous two games, I thought they were playing scared, playing not to lose, uh, we'll run the ball, you know, we'll try to steal the game at the end. In this game, they went in with more of a freewheeling approach. They took the training wheels off them, and I think he responded to that. Now I'm really curious to see how they approach it against Denver. How much of this down 17 nothing do you think factored into that that switch of the game plan? Yeah, but you know, yeah, of course, but it wasn't like uh, it was 17 nothing so fast that it wasn't like they had to bail on the game plan. I I think even in the first couple of series I'm, I'm drawing a blank, but I think they came out throwing that first series might have been three passes. So I think that was their game plan. You know, uh Connor McGovern told us right after the game that the coaches told us early in the week that, you know, we're going to go in this to win this game. We're not going in not to lose. And so I think the mentality was set from early in the week. Uh, Rich, had to be good news uh, for Jet fans to hear that Brees Hall, now that the, the um, pitch count has been taken off him. So I guess two things for you. I guess we can see more of him running the ball, and that's going to be good. But, Rich, what's going on with Dalvin Cook? He looks like he's not ready to play. Yeah, I don't know if it's that. I mean, I, I talked to Dalvin last week, and he was really confident that it was going to be a breakout game for him against Kansas City. I think a couple of things are – you're right. He has not he has not produced, for sure. I mean, I think he's the 48th – in terms of yards per carry, I think he's 48th out of 48 running backs in the league right now. So that's not good, obviously. 2.5 a carry is not good. And I think it's a couple of things. One, he missed the entire offseason because he had the shoulder surgery. He missed basically all of training camp. And it's a new offense, and it's a new role. I mean, he was a high-volume back in Minnesota. That's not it anymore for him. He is a complimentary back to Brees Hall. And I do think there is something to that. When you're not the first guy out there, uh, when you're the second guy and you don't know when you're going to be out there, I think it has to affect you as a running back. So I think that's part of it as well. And when you put it all together, it's just it just hasn't been good enough. So I think for the Jets' sake, they need to get the ball into Brees Hall's hands a lot more going forward because Denver's run defense, as we all know, is is last in the league. 
Rich, before the season, there was a lot of stories going back and forth because of Sean Payton's comments and, and Nathaniel Hackett's history in Denver. Um, this was a game that was already kind of circled on the calendar before before the, the, the season began. Do you th- Is there any carryover to that this week? Is it more focused on just that the, the, the Jets need a win, the Broncos need a win, or has there can you kind of sense that there is a little bit of that still bubbling up behind the scenes? Uh, yeah, I think there's a little bubbling up. I mean, uh, check out my story on ESPN.com today. I talked to a couple of players in the locker room, most notably Connor McGovern, was pretty outspoken on, on how – he felt that Peyton and the Broncos treated Hackett. You know, he said they threw him under the bus and then they dragged him under the bus. And he said that organization did him dirty. He had some pretty strong comments, and he said they want to go out there and, and try to get Hackett some payback against uh, against Denver. So Elijah Vera Tucker echoed this sort of the same sentiment. So Hackett, of course, downplayed it today. I didn't expect anything else, but it was almost funny how – how much he was trying not to talk about Peyton and the Broncos. He was, he was very nervous in the press conference and the first few questions were about Zach Wilson. And then finally I chimed in and said, what are your emotions about going to Denver? And he just said, up, oh, just trying to win a game. And every follow-up question relating to the Broncos and Peyton was just a very clipped answers and doing everything possible not to answer that, that line of questioning and so it was kind of humorous in a way. But, I, I look, if they win the game, Hackett's getting the game ball. There's no question about it. You can take that to the bank. Rich, defensively, uh, you know, listen, they played, they played pretty good. Issues getting off the field on third down. Uh, what's the situation with D.J. Reed? I know he's in concussion protocol. And what happens if he can't go? Yeah, they could have a little bit of uh, a situation at cornerback because we know Brandon Echols, their number four corner, is not playing this week because of a hamstring. Now, uh, yesterday, Robert Sala did tell the media that they are optimistic that D.J. Reed will play on Sunday. However, uh, it would be unprecedented in the league this year because no player who's had a concussion played the following week. In, across the league this year, not just the Jets, just across the league. And it would be unprecedented. So, in fact, the last time a player in the NFL got a concussion and played the following week, you have to go all the way back to week six last year when uh, Kenny Pickett in Pittsburgh got a concussion, and then in week seven he played. So it's unusual uh, that a player would come back from a concussion. Now, he was not diagnosed with a concussion during the game i guess he showed up on monday and was feeling some effects which happens sometimes sometimes that happens and i am just not 100 percent convinced that he's going to play the jets did sign some corners to their practice squad this week i suspect they'll promote at least one of them but if dj reed can't play then you're no two out of your top four corners are out this week i, I think bryce hall would start alongside uh, Gardner with uh, Michael Carter in the slot. And then your fourth corner would be uh, yeah, to be named later. You know, that would be a, uh, a late call up from the practice squad. Rich, last one for me. It was clear that the Jets realized that they had to kind of open things up against Kansas City, right? They had nothing to lose, even with the, the, the way things kind of played out early on, being down 17 nothing. Is there any concern, though, that now based on this opponent, the fact the Broncos have been really dreadful so far this year, 
that they might go back, fall into old habits and be less aggressive because they're, they're trying to manage the game uh, and that they, did, they didn't learn the lessons of, hey, let's let Zach be Zach? Yeah, I mean, they, they could go about this a couple of different ways. I mean, D- Denver's pass defense is not good either. Uh, you know, they've been playing, they play a lot of off coverage. I would think that there could be a lot of completions there. You know, if they want to, uh, you know, to use the cliche, take what the defense gives them, they could be a lot of stuff to be had underneath in the passing game. But like I said earlier, they are last, and I think they're giving up 176 yards a game on the ground. So certainly you want to get that established as well. Um, I think the key is to get some play action going. I mean, Zach Wilson was really good in play action against Kansas City. He was 10 or 12 for 99 yards and a touchdown. And some of that was even off uh, first down on play action. Some real good ball handling by him. I think that Aaron Rodgers, uh, some of those tips that we saw in hard knocks with the play action were, were, you know, proved beneficial for Wilson. So, yeah, it's hard to say. I hope they don't shut it down again. You know, you you, you want to see the kid give it a chance to play, but it depends on how they want to attack Denver's defense. There's certainly different ways they can go about it. Rich, travel safe. We'll be reading about the game as you count it down and then the post game as well. Thanks for a couple of minutes. Thanks, Rich. All right, guys. Have a good one. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you, Rich. When we return, know your opponent, Miami style, next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. It's time to know your opponent. Larry Hardesty, Gordon Damer on ESPN New York Tonight on 98.7 ESPN here in New York. Giants are heading to Miami. Boy, I know the Dolphins are waiting for this team to roll in the way they struggled last week. Alana Thames joins us from the AP. She does a great job covering the Miami Dolphins. Alana, thank you for joining us. Larry Hardesty, Gordon Damer, how are you? Hi, I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure. Thank you for a couple of minutes. All right, I know uh, the Dolphins were a little disappointed. Obviously, they felt uh, manhandled by the loss up in against Buffalo. What was the feeling in the locker room like this week? Was it okay, that happened, let's put it behind us and get back? Or was there some lingering, some lingering um, feelings about that loss? No, I think it's, I think it's what you initially said. Um, you know, let's get back to the drawing board, see what didn't go right and just figure out how to, how to fix that for next week. I mean, you know, and obviously they were asked about it all week, but the bottom line is they're three and one. Um, they still have a very, very good offense. Um, they still have a team that they feel is built for contention. And so they're just looking to, um, you know, build on what has gone right in their first three games. And then, sort of try to atone for what they weren't able to accomplish uh, last week at Buffalo. Alana, so much of the success is uh, based on keeping Tua healthy and keeping him upright. How much of a concern is the loss of the left tackle Armstead? You know, Teron Armstead is one of the most valuable players on the Dolphins roster, but I will say he's missed a couple games this season already, and Kendall Lamb, who has stepped up in his place, has done a very good job. You know, the I think Teron was out the first two games of the season. Dolphins offensive line only gave up a sack. You know, Tua hadn't been hit that much. Um, so he's, you know, he's big, obviously. He's a veteran guy. He's one of the best at his position, and he will be missed. He's going to miss a few weeks, um, you know, after suffering a knee injury last week. 
Um, but Kendall Lamb stepping up in that spot has done a very good job. Um, they were missing Connor Williams at center last week, and that hurt them, I do believe, a little bit. He's dealing with a groin injury. They're hoping to have him back this week. But there were some issues in protection uh, with Liam Eichenberg stepping up in his place. Um, Mike McDaniel, you know, he didn't seem too concerned at that position yet. You know, he said there were a couple plays in pass pro that Liam would like to have back, but he would be more concerned, um, you know, if it wasn't his first game at a new position. So they're obviously looking to, um, you know, see how he does in his second game at center if Connor Williams isn't able to go. But he practiced this week. He practiced Wednesday, Thursday, so they're hoping to have him back. You know, Alanis, uh, the Dolphins offense gets a lot of publicity, obviously, with uh, Waddle and Hill. But very quietly, that running game has been very, very effective. Talk about Mostert and, and the offensive line and how that running game has complemented the passing game so well. Yes, for sure, for sure. They've gotten they've gotten a ton of production out of the veteran Raheem Mostert and then the rookie Devon A. Chan. He's exceeded expectations, I think, outside of the locker room. But when you ask people in there, um, they're very complimentary just of his cerebral um, the cerebral side of it and how he's been able to grasp what they're asking him to do within the offense at such a young age. You know, this is his first uh, NFL season, first couple of games, and he's he's one of the most productive running backs in the in the league. And so that is that has been extremely helpful for them. And we asked him about that this week, and he said, you know, the effective running game that obviously is a result of um, an improved offensive line, and that helps open up everything that they want to do in the passing game. So obviously they have the number one passing attack, but they have the number one rushing offense in the league also, and, and that has fed off of each other uh, so far this season. Well, obviously last week was a tough matchup, you know, going to Buffalo any time of year is always a tough matchup. This week, uh, of course, the Dolphins face off against the Giants. Was there any talk this week about what the Giants have been going through and, and making sure that this is not a letdown performance against a team that struggled so far this year? For sure, for sure. And, you know, Mike McDaniel mentioned that, you know, obviously you see a team give up 11 sacks and it's something to pay attention to, but it's not something that's just going to be easily replicated. It's just too easy to win and lose uh, games in the NFL. And they, they know that. They understand that the Giants are going to get back to the drawing board and see what they can fix. Um, but they're also, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, they're also looking to have a big performance themselves after, like you said, struggling against the Buffalo Bills last week, um, you know, weren't able to get a ton of pressure on Josh Allen at all. And obviously seeing that uh, an offensive line, the Giants, that's dealing with injuries of its own, that's obviously something that they want to look uh, to atone for. So, um, you know, looking to progress week to week, obviously, and see and see what they can do against this Giants team. Alas, how should we look at this Dolphins defense? I mean, I know statistically, giving up the fifth most points, tied for fifth in points allowed, but two of those games were against Justin Herbert and Josh Allen. Those aren't shabby quarterbacks that can put the ball in the end zone. So I know it's Vic Fangio's first year. How are they adjusting to the scheme, and how do we really look at this defense? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. You, you ask Vic Fangio about, you know, it, where this defense is, and obviously they have the personnel, they have the pieces to be a very good NFL defense, and obviously that hasn't translated as fully as they would have liked it to. Um, but he doesn't use the excuse of, oh, you know, they're learning a new scheme and things like that. He expects them to produce, and they expect themselves to produce, and um, he's looking for them to be a little bit more consistent in being able to get pressure on the quarterback. Um, you know, they've obviously dealt with some injuries on that side of the ball too but like you said they've had a couple of games where they're facing very very good players um so you know it, it 
it's just a matter of seeing how long it takes for everything to come together. Um, you know, you talked to I know Bradley Chubb this week. He said, you know, on paper, we are a good defense and we have all the elements that we need to succeed. It's just about not falling into our old ways. You know, we've been running a different defense in previous years. Some guys, when you get out on the field, you sort of revert back to old habits. It's just about, you know, um, trusting in what this defense is moving forward and seeing how that can translate to, to game days. We talked about uh, missing some pieces on offense injury-wise. Uh, where is Jalen Phillips? Uh, is he getting close to being back, and could he be back for this game? They're optimistic with Jalen Phillips. You know, he practiced Wednesday and Thursday. He didn't practice at all last week uh, when he missed the game. And, and, you know, Mike McDaniel feels good about where he's progressing. And, you know, you ask him and he says he's close. Uh, you know, they're being a bit uh, precautionary with him because they don't want any lingering issues late in the season when they really, really need him. But he's close. Um, you know, he he – he wants to be out on the field. Mike McDaniel knows that he wants to be out on the field, but you know, McDaniel always talks about protecting players from themselves as well. So we'll see, we'll see where he is with that, but he, he looks like he's close to a return from that oblique injury. Alana's last one. And we thank you for joining us tonight. Just, just overview for my audience. What has Mike McDaniel brought to the table? I mean, here's a guy that took tour from being benched by Brian Flores for Ryan Fitzpatrick. And now when healthy, I mean, arguably, he's one of the top signal callers in the league. What's changed? For sure, for sure. And it starts with his relationship with Tua Tonga-Bailoa. And you ask Tua about what has changed for him mentally, and it's the belief and the support from his head coach. Um, anytime you ask Mike McDaniel about the growth that he's seen in this offense, it starts with the mental aspect in Tua Tonga-Bailoa and him trusting him to be the leader of this team and the leader of his offense. And that's trickled down to him being more vocal uh, with his teammates, uh, you know, a new aura on the sidelines and just an, an overall um, bigger grasp and understanding of, of his role in leading this offense. And Mike McDaniel, you know, to his credit, he has a very good way of, of motivating players. Um, he's, he's a, he's a player's coach, you know, they love him, they respect him. And I think that's what it started with, you know, that attitude um, of trust, um, you know, with the leaders of this team and just allowing that to trickle down in the way that his ha that it has. And that has um, translated to the results that we've seen on the field. All right. Well, listen, thank you for a great job. Enjoy the game on Sunday. I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Thank All you. Right, thank you. That's Alanis Thames, uh, AP reporter for the Miami Dolphins on the Know Your Opponent uh, segment. We'll have another one at 11 o'clock. Jeff Legwald of uh, ESPN Denver will check in. Gordon, I I'm very curious to see what Vic Fangio has in store for the Giants defensively because I would think after the turnovers that Daniel Jones had, I think we might see them go into the dust and pull out some of those RPOs from last season to try to at least get him going and then maybe loosen some things up and hopefully to get the offensive line to get into a rhythm. And then hopefully they can maybe open the ball and get the ball down the field a little bit. Well, I would think for if you're the, a member of the Dolphin defense, you're looking at the Giants and you're saying, oh, you know, licking your chops, right? They just gave up 11 sacks and – but the giant offense kind of has to be – the Dolphin defense has been really bad so far this year. Now, mm -hmm. it might be opponent-based. You, you mentioned the Chargers, the Bills, but they have struggled. And you would expect that there's going to be a period of transition when you when you switch coordinators and a different style of defense and Vic Fangio comes in. But 
the numbers across the board, there, there's not really one area or one uh, part of the defense that has played well. No, but, but see, here's the thing. If the Giants' defense plays is inconsistent and has trouble tackling, there's going to be so many. They, that, that's I mean, Miami could put points up on the board. <laughs> that, then you know what the, you know what Giants are going to do. They got to pass. Yeah, that that could be a problem. No question. That's going to be an issue, my friend. And you'll be sitting back there just. Oh, like, Larry, come on! I cannot. <laughs> you know how much this will ruin my week? Because <laughs> yeah, look, I, I, I still want to believe the that the Dolphins ass. are for real. Yes. But if you go out and lose to the Giants, I'm sorry, you stink. Yeah. Wow. Do you know, expect texts from Harvey on Sunday. Expect Harvey. Harvey knows. He watched on Monday night. He knows. Giant fans know. Harvey's going to troll you on Sunday. I know what the deal is. I won't text them or bother Gordon at all, but if if your team loses. Oh, I know. I know. This This is my life. This goes out to the rest of the NFL. If your team loses to my New York Giants with I that know. offensive line. You don't have to tell me this. I know this already. Reevaluate this is, everything. This is my 52 years on this planet. Move out with the bats and whatever flies you got around you. I'm going to have the bats pick me up and carry me away, carry me back to the hive or whatever they got going on.